foamy mist spills gently over the bow of your vessel as you steer away from the land for the first time. The sunrise reveals rainbows between the droplets that announce your freedom from captivity. The icy touch of the water, however, reminds you of the hardships that the Badlands may hold. On this modest vessel, you now make your bid for survival among the islands around you. The secrets of Farpoint imply an unpredictable journey, but the golden rays split into color by the sea offer hope, however superficial it may be. You find yourself on the deck of a ship that you have just departed from the Farpoint docks and have just begun to set sail. What do you do? Where are we going? Well, that is an excellent question. Well, are we there yet? God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, considering we just started, no the fuck we're not. Well, we're safe, so, you know, that's half of it. We are going far from here, far, far away. Now, at this point, I also, like, I haven't really described the boat. Like, you guys, uh, it's worth getting into this as you guys try to get away from this cooperatively. Which of you knows how to run this thing? Which of you doesn't? Like, how natural is this to you? I am a fisherman's son. I am about to vomit. (laughs) I follow directions very well, so... (laughs) So the the ship itself, um, the kind of ship that this is, uh, I, I guess the term is pink ship, which is a flat-bottomed sort of vessel. The dimensions of it, it's about 50 feet long. It's a sort of yacht size, uh, enough for all of you guys to have ample room to move about the deck and uh, to go below deck, but certainly not anything massive. Uh, there's no uh, visible weaponry, nothing mounted, uh, solid banisters along the sides, uh, at its stern, it's about 20 feet wide where uh, a dark wood steering wheel is mounted. No real ornamentation, and it kind of matches the rest of the very plain wood finish to this unnamed vessel. You've got the three masts with sails. Um, the anchor, uh, basically like the winch for the anchor, is located next to the central mast, where a ladder also leads up to the crow's nest. Uh, behind the steering wheel at the stern is also a staircase down to the below decks area. Um, I'd say that without really very much effort, you've drifted away from the shore, and the, the island of Farpoint is now maybe a few hundred feet behind you, but the sails are still furled, and the sunrise is a-coming up. Do we see the the burning wreckage of a a town behind us you do uh, <laughs> atop the atop the sort of like small island of far point you see that the fires you've started in the shanty town atop the hill they look kind of like a giant brazier like uh between the between like the small valley and uh i, I imagine cult feels a sense of satisfaction so as cult is like kind of steering the boat away he's gonna be at the back bell's head is gonna be like tilted up against a back banister and once he's kind of, like, set a solid course, like, away, he's just going to, like, turn around and, like, put his hand on top of Belle's head and just watch the flames. Like 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 um, like um, the theme song for, like, a 90s sitcom. They just kind of turn and face the camera and smile. Everywhere you live, everywhere Belle's decapitated head turns and turns and... Stop, we have to pay for that. Pat, are you bringing copyright into this on episode four? <laughs> We don't is got this money. Episode four. This is episode four. We ain't got money for this uh, as it is. Um. So, well, I actually want to do point out. You say, uh, Ryan, as cult, that you uh, set a course and you start to sail away from the island. 
so the yeah, master where are you setting a course to by the way yeah so here's the thing is the way that this boat works and uh for any listeners the dnd 5e official rules by wizards of the coast have not been released for how boats work i've sort of made up a whole system here and there are multiple sections of the boat a couple for like navigation and steering and weapons and and a lot of things like that so you guys need to run this ship together how do you do that? How do you how do you set a course? How do you sail away from here? Um, I'm gonna climb the ladder up to the highest point because uh. YOLO. <laughs> Does Mabe no, say because it's like YOLO? the most uh, the most kid safe <clears throat> thing to do? Obviously. <laughs> yeah, weirdly enough, the crow's nest is the only thing that's baby proofed on this ship. Oh, thank God! No sharp corners. <laughs> I would like to go below deck and search for a map. Sure. So, uh, Mabe, you. Uh, very quickly and excitedly uh, ascend the ladder uh, over the central mass, and you climb past the the two vertical sails that all furled up into the crow's nest, which is about uh, two and a half feet in diameter. Uh, you, the banister is almost at eye level for you. Uh, you, oh, perfect. As, as your shirt, so there's sort of no like, chance of me to like fall. Uh, well, I, I wasn't thinking it's like a solid crow's nest. I was thinking like there's like space in between. You could probably slip between him if you felt mischievous enough. But um, but as it, as you stand up there, you have a breathtaking view of the area around you, not marred by the banisters of the ship itself, or the people milling around you, or the giant's head sort of lazily rolling around as a course is set, <laughs> leaving disturbing trails of giant blood. Um, please please be careful up there, young woman. Okay. Uh, Maeve, are you serious in saying that you're going to be careful? Be careful, or are you just trying to get him off? Your oh back? no, I'm. Pl- I I don't want to fall. Okay, I'm cool. Me. Well, then uh, before I shift away, Maeve, looking about, you see, um, you're you're facing the sunrise, so facing east. You see, I am now- avoiding staring directly into the sun, just to make that clear. Do you have the like the like the super dark eclipse glasses? Is that what you're you're doing? No, Charles. just not looking he's not going directly look at, at the, the sun. sun. <laughs> he's not going to look directly at the sun is what he said. Looking over the... Uh, I just thought that, you know, in case the sun peeked out from behind a cloud, you want to be prepared. Maybe I'm just being paranoid. So you're looking out uh, over the edge of the crow's nest, and you're starting to see over some of the fog that sits on the ocean, and you see, like, miles and miles and miles in the distance, like, just sprawling islands all over the place, like, covering most of the horizon. Some, like, small stony piles of rocks, but these, like, large, lush hills as well. Um, stuff that you could not see from the deck. Um, but this is what you see upon climbing to the crow's nest. Are we going there? I'm sorry, where? We are going anywhere oh, away from where we are. Can any of us are. actually hear? Uh, that's, a good, that's a solid point. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, uh, I would say you can probably hear that Maeve is yelling, but it probably sounds a little muffled with a child. She's... I uh, Colt takes a take a takes a small little loop of copper out of his pocket and holds it to his face and uses message on Maeve. Uh, okay. What uh, message allows me to speak to somebody? I'll read the exact text of what awesome. it allows me to do. Um, but message. Uh, one creature can hear a whispered message and can reply to the whisper. Nobody can overhear the message. But the range is 120 feet. Since the total length of this thing is 50 feet, I imagine Fuck, I can get to it. This is going to be really creepy. That's it's kind of snazzy. I wasn't expecting that. So you establish this link with Mave Cults. What do you say? Small one, what do you see? There's a bunch of rocks and islands over there. I mean, do they look 
Habitable. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, does Maeve know the word habitable? She's like five. Uh, probably not. That's, okay. So she'd be like, uh, all right. So he says, is it habitable? Maeve would be like, it's a good habit. Uh, habitable means uh, can support life. Do you see green, there might girl? Be grass. Do you see yes. green? Okay, all right. Yes, there's green. What? Is <laughs> what direction do you see green, girl? Uh, forward. I, uh, Matt, would Maeve have a good sense of like navigational directions, north, south, east, west, that sort of thing? I would say not yet. That's why I said forward. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, actually, Maeve, I'm gonna have you roll a nature check for me. Oh my. Uh, that's appropriate. That's a three. As a th- okay, cool. So yeah, you just say you just say forward, and Cult is probably not too thrilled with that answer. Then forward we will go. Keep ample eye out, little one. <laughs> I am loving. I am loving how you just steer so hard into like the, the the clear lack of information with such such joie de vivre. It's wonderful. Uh, so shifting camera below deck here, uh, Patrick, your character Locke has begun to walk down the rickety stairs to the below decks area because the Ooh. ship is because the ship is flat bottom this whole undercarriage as it is is pretty flat bottom girls this whole undercarriage <laughs> area is pretty shallow like it's about 6 or 7 feet tall so you're like kind of hunching to get under some some of the support beams uh, looking around the room you see that the area has two cots off to the side when you first come down this little staircase. There's uh, two cots sort of like bolted to the wall sticking out of the side. There's a large table with uh, items scattered across it in the center of the area. And at the far end of the ship where the, where the bow sort of comes to a head and the walls converge at a point, you see like four very large wooden chests all propped up against the wall. All of these things are sort of bolted to the uh, are sort of bolted to the hull of the ship itself, uh, aside from like, you know, like utensils, kitchen knife, like tattered piece of clothing, stuff that was left behind is all sort of like bouncing all over the place as the ship sort of rocks as Cult takes you out of the harbor. What do you do? Looks like we hit the jackpot. Nobody can hear like you, go, but I'm, I'm sure you feel okay. great saying that to yourself. Obviously, I'm talking to myself. You hear in your ear as as cult whispers, "Nice one." <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to have a little bit of an excuse to use the fucking accent. All right, let's go. Okay, use that accent. I'll, uh, I'll go and check the table first. So the table is just sort of like a mess of a couple like parchments and knives, things like that. Not like daggers, but literally just like like plateware, broken, rusty knife, stuff like that. Um, Really kind of garbagey. The papers, though. Tetanus machines. Uh, On the table, you see um, one. You see one of the things that you're looking for, which is a map of what you imagine are the surrounding lands you've never been off the mainland before at least not to this area um what is your familiarity lock with the area outside of the like the atridian empire have you ever like gone far from home in that regard not really um i pretty much spent my entire life in one city working at the docks but i would hear tell of places far and wide but i've never actually been there Mm. 
So what you see on the map is pretty shocking to you. Being from the mainland and maybe working at docks, you've seen islands, you've seen what the land looks like when it's not all contiguous, but this map looks like nothing you've ever seen, where you see the southern border of the mainland as a single coastline, but there are concentric rings of massive islands and tiny islands all scattered about in a fashion you've never seen literally hundreds of small islands with about a dozen large ones surrounding them and some even large uh, almost like appendages uh, of longer slender islands coming south off the mainland and this is I would imagine a little bit shocking to you because even though you don't know necessarily where you are in relation to this map you've never seen these lands before. Mm -hmm. Now, you also see two enclosed envelopes on the table, uh, both with broken wax seals, one red, one blue, um, as well as what look like blueprints for the ship on which you are currently standing. Uh, just sort of like not not super professional, not like what you're used to seeing coming in and out of the docks as you like work with the harbor masters and such, but you see plans written out for how to build this ship. And that's that's what you find on the table. All right. I guess I will stow all of those things on mm -hmm. my person. Okay. For future reference. Gotcha. And go check out what's in the chests that are bolted down. Sure. So you head over to the chests, and there are four of them. Uh, the only light sources for this below decks area come from the small, small stairwell that you walk down, as well as uh, a metal grate that you know exists in the floor between above deck and below deck, which is by the mast. That's kind of you can see the chain for the anchor winch coming down from above deck through here by the table, and you walk past that into the most shadowed area here, and you don't get uh, a grate look at uh, at the chests themselves. Do you, you don't have dark vision, I right? You're, oh, wait, you're dragon. Okay, dragonborn. Gotcha. So you walk over here, um, and you start sort of like pawing around the chests. And you open up the first one on your left, and there really isn't a whole lot of anything in it. Now you scoot on over to the second chest, like right in the nose of the ship, and you open it up, and you see... Uh, basically assorted weapons and assorted goods. Uh, so you see like a long sword, you see a quiver full of arrows, um, you see like the components of, of, of like javelins that could be like snapped together that had to be broken down to fit in this chest. The, ch the chests are like five feet long, so mm -hmm. you, there's like two short javelins and then some other like unfinished wooden components um, in this chest. And I assume that after you go through, is there anything that you want to like dig through here, take anything out of here, anything like that? Mm, probably not. Okay. So you move on to the third chest. I imagine you're just going from left to right because yeah. I'm a Western civilization person. Uh, you open up the third chest, so you're now on the right side of the ship at the nose, and there's a little bit of extra resistance on this one. Um, I'm going to have you make a perception check. Okie dokie. I got a 10. Uh, 10 total? Uh, yeah, so 7 plus 3 perception. Gotcha, okay. So with a 10, you feel the bit of resistance, but it doesn't feel like a latch or anything, almost like there's a weight on top of this, or like it's just a heavier lid. So you, uh, with a 10, you just kind of keep tugging at it. You're looking at it, you don't see anything. Um, as you pull up with just a little more force to try to slam it open, you see two small reflections on top of the chest that just as quickly disappear. And as you slam the top of the of the chest open, it slams against the wall, and 
well, at that point, everything is kind of normal. But in this chest, you see a couple sacks full of gold, which you estimate to be at least several hundred gold pieces, um, which are not necessarily, like, the most valuable currency in the Atridian Empire, but it's, it's money. And though you don't know a lot about where you are, money is money. Uh, I'm assuming, it's, do you want to do anything here, or should I just keep on trucking with how you open these things? I would like to use my cantrip, Shock and Grasp, to get a little bit of lightning on my fingers and see if that helps me see in this dark area. What's the duration of, of Lightning Grasp? It just says, lightning springs from your hand to deliver a shock to a creature you try to touch. Make a melee spell attack against the target. You have advantage on the attack roll if the target is wearing armor made of metal. Well, the... So it's just like an instantaneous yeah. duration thing. Okay. It's a taser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that since you uh, you have gold in front of you, which you um, know to be conductive to this sort of thing, you sort of cast it on that, and it, and the little sparks actually set the, the cloth sacks on fire around it. Um, so, so the gold sparks a little bit, and you're like, yeah! And then the little flames start to puff up, and you're maybe like, no! Because you're inside a wooden ship. Uh, so this is, what, um, this is what happens when you cast Shocking Grasp on the pile of gold. Uh, mm-hmm. in the chest in front of you. Um, the chest itself is also made of wood. Um, I don't know. What do you do? I mean, do I get a little bit more light to see oh, what yeah, you, perhaps those reflections were? Sure, 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 sure. So with the light going on, presuming that you're not too worried about the state of the fire. Uh, oh, not at all. Yeah, okay, cool. So the yes, the it's like a giant torch, and it illuminates this area. And you look on top of the lid and under the lid, and around the the chest, and there's nothing. So you turn around behind you to look at the other chests, and there's nothing. So you scoot on over to the fourth chest, and you now see two large yellow circles staring back at you. Now, in the flickering shadow, what steps forward is a very small silhouetted figure that lets out a meow, and a young little kitty cat with a beautiful leather collar studded with, like, a couple little jewels on it, uh, steps up to you and sort of, like, sniffs your hand. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not really put off by the fire at all, but it is sitting there sort of just, like, uh, sticking its paw out to grab your finger and get a little sniff as it completely locks eyes with you. Like, it is is focused on your presence. Okay. Um, I would like to stick the back of my hand out to the, what I'm presuming is a cat's face and let it sniff me for a little bit, and then... If treated, like, with a little bit of interest, I will try to pick up the cat. Okay. So I'm actually going to have you roll animal handling. Okie dokie. God, I'm so glad you found this cat, not Colt. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean by that. Big money, big money, big money. I got a 19 plus 1, so an unnatural 20. Unnatural 20. So you stick your hand out, and the cat... Um, after about two or three seconds of sniffing you, sort of starts to gently lick your hand one or two times. It doesn't go, like, a whole lot, but a little bit of affection, and after it stops licking it, it nuzzles a little bit and then sort of turns away. And in the ultimate communication of cat trust, it gently lifts up its tail and shows you its anus. Edit that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the cat, the cat licks, uh, licks the back of your hand, and uh, it, it's, it, it seems to be pretty... Uh, peaceable to your presence. Uh, you reach out to pick it up, and it doesn't really fight. It's sort of like an I don't give a fuck cat as its as its paws sort of dangle outward, uh, and it's still uh, looking at you the entire time. Cool. So I'm gonna look around for maybe a tablecloth or something that's around. Mm-hmm. 
any sort of big amount of cloth that I can find, and I'm going to try to put the fire out and then go above deck. Is, is smoke starting to, like, pour out of the walkway I'm going to say, yeah, you guys above deck, at the point that he picks up the cat, you do start to see, like, some thin smoke come rising out of it's the It's all right, grate. guys. We, there's a bunch of water around us. <laughs> this is true. Um, does anybody have a reaction to that besides Maeve's strangely cool and collected response? I'll use message down there and be like, uh, I don't, uh, I know we're just getting to know each other, but typically speaking, <laughs> fires are not a good thing on a ship. <laughs> I got it, I got it. Don't Though, worry. <laughs> it could be, a, a could be a good thing. I do need some charcoal. <laughs> um, all Maybe right. he's actually going to crawl down. Okay. Um, and uh, start to go down there. All right, so Maeve, uh, I like this. Maeve, you, uh, you upon, like, Seeing the uh, seeing the smoke, you start to like sort of slide down the ladder pretty nimbly. Uh, Ryan, for message, you've now messaged both um, Locke and Maeve separately. Is this like a conference call sort of thing, or are these discreet voice channels? Uh, discreet. Okay, cool. So Maeve, you see the smoke, and you slit, slide right down the like the twenty five foot tall mast. Um, as you do, you sort of land on your feet next to Edmund, who is sort of just like wheezing and heaving leaning up against the side of the boat oh yeah i'm i'm like one head over the the railing of the boat just like oh god <laughs> so maybe there yet? Because- <laughs> get it all out boy get it all out because of your small stature mave you don't have a problem sliding between the metal bars and the grate that the uh, that the smoke is coming through so you drop down you land like uh, right in front of that table that's down there you see the chest with the smoke coming out of it and uh your dragonborn friend holding a small key cat uh, right next to it. What do you do? Ooh, can I pet him? <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you hold this for me? <laughs> so, maybe you outstretch your arms and the cat reaches out and, like, uh, like puts both its paws over one of your shoulders as it uh, starts to, like, sniff your ear and such. Uh, Locke, you are now unencumbered from Key Cat. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> I'm still trying to put this fire out if I can find anything. <laughs> I'm gonna have you roll an insight check. <laughs> okay. What is my insight? Oh, shit. <laughs> Are you a dumb boy? I'm not. I'm not wise. Okay. <laughs> You're a wise guy. I put the dumb in wisdom if they. <laughs> a but um tish. I got a 12 plus 1, 13. 12 plus 1, 13. So at this, you look around looking for cloth. You notice that the only cloth that, like, was of significant size in the room is the cloth that's burning right now. But it's inside mm-hmm. the chest. You look at the chest and you kind of reach your hand out and you just kind of smack it shut and within a few seconds the fire is suffocated inside the massive wooden chest which um, on the outside doesn't show any damage but once you open it back up like some of the wood has been charred like it's a little damage has been done to the chest but the ship is really no worse for wear if only a little little stinky I'm gonna say well hey at least the uh, what's his fucking face what does that word mean? At least the creepy boy's got some charcoal now <laughs> All right, so at this point, Cult, uh, you are still uh, sort of running the ship up here. Uh, two people are below, below deck. One, you're encouraging to vomit all over the outside. I'm going to say, since you're trying to get this going, you just step past everyone. You go to the rigging in the center of the ship, and you just unfurl the sails, and the ship Wait, catches. The, the sails weren't unfurled? How did we get out of the dock? 
Um, basically, like you pushed off. I said a couple times the sails are not. Unf you haven't been sailing up to this point. We totally at the end of last episode. Yeah, we I totally thought. said that the yeah, sails are unfurled and that we're gonna go. This was a little bit further earlier in time. I said like four times this recording. Why I did not hear okay. you say at one time that they were not unfurled. I will pl I will rewind the recording, but I can't do that while we're recording it. Do it in post. Anyway. So let's just say this oh, has already okay. happened. You have already gone and undone the rigging, past tense, and you, the wind has caught into the sails, and you have <laughs> begun your journey. See, English is a wonderful language. See how fast I patched up that problem that just happened? It's great. So yeah. you are now cruising... Uh, across the ocean as far point as far point the small island sort of becomes almost like a pebble on the horizon uh, some of the islands to its south are much bigger but the uh, the fog in front of you begins to lift as you see um, the islands that Maeve was talking about now cult you have a bit of familiarity with this air area what is what is going through your head right now what are you doing oh boy where could I even go at this point <laughs> I uh, I have a map. Not even that, but more. It, that's that's what me as a as a player is thinking. But called the, uh, I, there are several places we could go. Few would I be welcome. Somewhere with dry land would be nice. <laughs> um, um, is this cat a guy or a girl? Um, why don't you look? Do you want to roll investigation? Seriously? Okay. <laughs> I feel like it would be perception would be. I rolled totally. a nat one, so <laughs> because of your uh, your lack of culturedness around uh, neutering and spaying, you don't really have a great great eye for this. But it's a boy cat. I'll just tell you. it's a boy cat. Okay. So you can we you, name him? Have they brought cat up on the deck? I assume yet? that we all went up. Yeah, I, I would say it's safe to say that you guys have sort of convened on the deck because I doubt that because uh, Josh. Yeah, there was one more chest. Okay. Uh, do you want to have opened that chest? Yeah. Look, look at this past perfect tense just working out great for me. Uh, so you op have opened up that chest, and in it are 16 apples and three loaves of bread. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to take an apple. Cool. So you take an apple. With a sweet, succulent crunch, the camera transitions to above <sighs> deck. And I love the Foley work you guys bring to this. It makes my job so easy. So you guys are all standing up on the deck. Uh, Josh, your character, uh, Edmund, is sort of like... I imagine you haven't moved at all since the ship started moving, so <gasps> everyone's sort of gathered around you. Yes. Um, uh, what you, supplies were you able to find below deck? I found my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm like... Well... <laughs> I found a, a map. And uh, and this kitty, yeah, the the, the cat, and I uh, found a little bit of gold. Well, I suppose we could eat the cat, but what food no. did you find below? He's really well, nice. As you can see, I am currently eating an apple. So if you had any sort of intelligence, you could make that leap. But well, is there more than one apple? There were probably. I only see one apple. Is there anything besides left. apples? Are they Granny Smith or Golden Delicious? Colin, what are they? <laughs> Roll nature. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 13 plus 1, 14. Red delicious. Uh, that, oh, I, I just, I vomit again. <laughs> <laughs> Worst apple. Right, we got some apples and we got some bread, all right? We need some fucking brie and we're having a party. We, how many days of rations did you find below? 
I don't know how long 13 apples and three loaves of bread lasts. Like 13 apples and three loaves of bread. Well, 12 because I ate one. <laughs> We'd be lucky to last two days on that. At this point, Maeve starts crying. We can eat Bell's head for some time, but it will turn soon. Would you mind not in front of the child? As you're crying, the cat jumps down to your feet and nestles up against your legs, Maeve. How about we look at the map, we pick a place to go, Does and the we cat, get some fucking food. Does the cat look weird? Would I notice anything about the cat? Uh, I mean, do you want to, like, do, would you like to make some sort of check upon it? Like, to investigate perception yeah, or anything like does that? It, I I have a small feeling weird cat is going to be magical of some kind. Well, it's not uncommon to have a cat on a ship. They catch the mice and whatnot. Like wizards, like cats are very uh, are very common familiars for wizards. Sure. So, no, if you want to make any sort of check on it, tell me what you'd like to roll. I'll resolve it for I'd you. I'd like to see if there's some kind of magical something or other on it. Sure. Absolutely. Go for it. I'll roll an arcana check. Mm-hmm. It's not great. <laughs> you know it's a red Natural delicious cat. <laughs> Maybe oh, uh, well, starts sobbing even more. Terrible. Uh, thirteen. Uh, with a thirteen, you don't really notice like anything particularly stand out about the cat as you like sort of really try to peer into its potential magical aura. But you do notice uh, uh, perhaps a little bit of energy coming off of the collar. With, you know, with some sparkling gems like that, it's not the most uncommon thing. But I'd say that that's probably all you get. So I notice some, like, arcane energy on the collar? Mm-hmm. I will then grab my spell book. And then over the course of a few minutes, I think it would be ten minutes, I'm going to identify it using a ritual. Sure. Go for it. So for ten minutes, uh, call, uh, do you explain to the other people what you're doing? Uh, probably not. Okay, so you... Little girl, hand me that cat. <laughs> You're not gonna eat him, are you? I wish to pet it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Do you give it to me? Yes. I take it by, like, the scruff of its neck, <laughs> and I put it in a small bag and, like, close it, <laughs> and then I, like, put it on the ground and start drawing, like, arcane sigils around it. <laughs> <laughs> the f- what the fuck? This, what are you doing? I have a suspicion about this cat. Just give me uh, ten minutes or so. <laughs> give me one ritual game. casting time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go look at the map. You, you okay. let it out of the bag. Well, I mean, you have the map on your person. You could just bust it out right there as he's seancing the kitty cat. Yeah, I just want to not be anywhere near that seance. Okay, so like. <laughs> I would like to go to the exact opposite part of the ship and start looking at this map. Can I okay. just yep. can I look Maybe at Colt? Gonna... Yeah, 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 go ahead, Josh. What's up? I just want to look at Colt and be like, I, I kind of locked down this area for vomiting earlier. Would you mind doing that somewhere else? <laughs> Sorry, the incantations have begun. I cannot be interrupted. This is going to be weird. Sustain <laughs> yourself, boy. Have some. <laughs> you are so tough on the grounds back there. I suspected you had more metal. Excuse me, young fellow, but just because I'm vomiting doesn't mean I won't open up a can of whoop-ass. <laughs> well, when you find your lunch, I'll be waiting for you. What? <laughs> when you find your lunch, you lost your lunch. I understood the <laughs> reference. 
<laughs> All right, so Locke, you are now looking at this map with Maeve over your shoulder. Um, Maeve, are you at all like worried about the cat, or are you just kind of like? Oh no, no, no! I, I didn't follow Locke. I'm kind of like Maeve is kind of entranced by like all the symbols and stuff that. Gotcha. He's okay. Oh, so you're almost like just like looking at chalk on the ground, sort of thing, just like really. Yep. Okay. So Locke, and uh, she, she's going to kind of reach toward uh, a bit of chalk to start drawing. Sure. Scotch. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Locke, you're taking a look at the map. You've got it open in front of you and you're staring out at the islands. Uh, I'm going to have you uh, I'm going to have you make a survival check. I got a 6 plus 3. 6 plus th- 6 plus 3. All right. So with a 6 plus 3, um, you Which is equal to 9. Yes, you're looking at the map and trying to identify it against the against the islands around you. You're having a hard time. Um you do know that there's a crow's nest above you. You could head there. You could head to the bow of the ship. You have a lot of places you could go since everyone else is occupied if you're interested in making sense of the map. I don't know if you'd rather do it yourself or get involved with them, but what do you do? Yeah, let's let's uh, go up to the crow's nest, see if I can identify some, some shit. So I'm going to go off of the roll you just did, which is a nine, but uh, whenever we're dealing with... Um, whenever we're dealing with stuff that has to do with like understanding your surroundings, the crow's nest is going to give you a bit of a buff to that. So with all the extra visibility up here, you have a much clearer eye over some of these islands. You can see over some of the hills that you couldn't before. And you now recognize where Farpoint was on the map and where you're going. You are sailing directly toward that outer ring of like the 12, 13 large islands that make up the outer outer circle. And then there's the tiny, tiny islands in the middle that make up like the hundreds okay. scattered all over the place so looking dead ahead that is what you see but you also see coming at you from because you're sort of like facing uh like like uh east by southeast uh from directly to the east you see another ship a large ship with red sails heading straight in your direction oh no i don't like that one bit and that's all you say. The ship kills you, and you all die at the end. No, uh, um, so you you see this. Fall, sh- we die. But- <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? All right. First and foremost, on the map, are there any town names at all printed, or is it just like big picture? So this map, you can tell that it's not really professionally done. There actually aren't a ton of names on it. Some of the larger <laughs> islands have names on them, but this is not like, the quality of cartography you're used to seeing. It's mostly just land masses. Okay. That makes my job a little harder. Do I see this but, boat as I'm looking over the side of the railing? Uh, you're not being on the crow's nest. You have a harder time seeing it. Uh, I'll actually have you roll a perception check. Oh, natural 20. I fucking love my dice. So you take a peek over the side of the boat, and you see eternity. So you see uh, piercing through the fog. You do see sort of a red sail poking up over where the fog thins uh, a little further up above the sea level. So you can't quite make out that it's that it that it is a boat as Locke does, but you see something red on the horizon. Ooh. Hold the phone. I want to take the letter out of my pocket, both letters out of my pocket, mm-hmm. But specifically the red wax sealed one and read that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you take it out and you uh, read the letter with the red seal. And it is very brief, but with very ornate handwriting. You read the words 12 in transit, 5 survivable. Expect arrival in two suns. 
Payment is delayed, but will be increased as a thanks from our crown for your service. Signed by the Office of the High Mage Lords, Tyrell Quaid. Remind me again where those we got those letters? Uh, he found those on um, the table stairs, below right? decks. Right, okay. So this is, this is a letter from the Office of the High Mage Lord, the leader of the Atridian Empire, uh, discussing the transit of something to Farpoint. I'll read the blue one now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, you're sitting up on top of the crow's nest, and you're sort of like rifling through these papers very quickly as you try to make sense of what's going on. Uh, this one, the the blue seal, uh, you try to open it up, and the wax just crumbles. Like as soon as you like your fingers touch it, it's like very very poorly constituted. And you open it up, and the parchment is like so much worse than the original in terms of quality. Like it's torn at the edges, and it's it, there's dirt all over it. And the handwriting scrawled says. The island spirit is growing restless. Our fruitful bargain with the crown doesn't satisfy its needs. Jewels and sacrifices satisfy all the great spirits, but ours grows tired as the others grow hungry. Capture a swift vessel that we may protect ourselves. If we cannot feed the soul of Farpoint, we will lose everything, and you'll lose your head well before that. There is no signature okay. on this letter. I'm going to slide down the crow's nest now and... <laughs> Warn everybody that we're about to get our shit kicked in. Oh, is that what I saw over there with the red? How far am I into my... Is, is my ritual been completed yet? No, we're probably about fast. three minutes, because as soon as you started, Locke climbed up there, saw this, read these letters, and popped back down. I'd say three three and a half minutes or so is probably where we are. All right. Uh, what was the nearest landmass? So, uh, Locke, you would know that the nearest landmass is also <laughs> south by southeast, um, I guess if you went directly south, you could get to an island that's uh, uh, that was like adjacent to Farpoint, but it's at this point it's kind of equidistant. Uh, if you keep going forward at your current speed, that's the fastest way you'll get to land. Is anybody okay. mentioned the red sails yet? Does that? That's what I was about to. Yeah, I was gonna say. Does tell that everybody strike any kind of? thought in my head after hearing about red sails uh so i would say that you uh, red sails can mean quite a few things uh, you know that empire ships don't have red sails um but people around all these parts use colors to identify a lot of different things it could be like organizational affiliations it could be decoration red by itself no you don't know what that means it could be pirates i continue with my ritual you continue Whatever. with your cat killing ritual you um it's not gonna kill excuse him. me I, I just, it, it's, it, I know that I am not supposed to, like, come down to ground level here, but if I had a character, I would be so freaked out <laughs> by this cat seance. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys do? You hear me. I'm just, like, whispering in the corner. All the stuff has been, but I'm into the whispering part. Sure. Uh, I'm just going to be like, we need to get to land and fast. Yes, I concur. There are no weapons on this boat. Well. I'm sorry. Are you capable of firing a cannon? <laughs> oh, yeah, no cannons, but um, I'm going to go down and grab all of the weapons from that one chest and bring them up. Sure. So so you grab, uh, you uh, have a sh- uh, short bow and a quiver of arrows. You have a long sword and you have like kind of like a bundle of javelins. Uh, you bring those up to desk. Uh, what do you do with them? Uh, so is the banister... Is there, like, a lip underneath it? Is it just completely flat? Uh, yeah, like, there's, like, a lip underneath it. It's like a two... All right. Yeah. Um, Bring me any arrows you found down there. Okay, I'll give him the arrows and the short bow, and then I will strategically place javelins along the banister so that no matter where we get boarded from, I will have a weapon. 
Very cool. Is, any- is, uh, is someone coming for us? Well, oh, don't worry about it. You know what? You should just go up in the crow's nest. And- so we're about six minutes six minutes into uh, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch fanfic as the uh, as the fog begins to sort of part a little bit, and the ship is now more clearly visible to all of you as it bears down on your location extremely quickly. Yeah. So, am I able to math out how long it's going to take for them to intercept us? Versus us hitting land? Um, I'd say that the land is probably about 15 minutes away, 15, 20 minutes away at this point, because you've been sailing. I'll say you've been sailing for a while now. Uh, that mm-hmm. boat is probably going to be on you within 10. Okay. Can I... I'm going to... I guess if... Fuck. Alt is the only one who knows how to fucking sail, and he's busy we're killing heading, Do you we're, uh, heading, do, we're heading straight for land, aren't we? Yeah. What is the fucking? Are we optimized with our sails? Also, are they directly? Has anyone been in, steering the boat? <laughs> you can just like for most of those things, you can just set it and forget it, right? There's autopilot. <laughs> oh, I forgot we, we turned am cruise I, control yeah. on. Yes. So I guess am I able to tell if um, the sails are like catching the most wind possible, or if they're? Um, before I answer that question. You said you used to work in the docks. How often did you work yeah. on boats? I never got on the boats. Okay. I just was on the docks. Okay. Cool. So you <clears throat> I'm gonna have you I'm just gonna have you roll insight. Okie dokie. I'm gonna fucking stop saying okie dokie every goddamn time. Okie dokie. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? I got a ten plus one. So you're playing Dungeons oh, Dragons with a friend the other day. Um, you've got, uh, sorry, say that number again. I was distracted. 10 plus 1. 10 plus 1, 11. 11. So with an 11, uh, you notice that, like, the main sail on the center mast is catching a lot of wind, but the small ones aren't sort of, like, bustling a lot. Um, I'll say that you, uh, that you're, like, kind of looking around exasperatedly as Cult is, like, so preoccupied with the cat thing that he's not helping. Uh, and you, like, look over to, um, you look over to Edmund. Um, Edmund, what is your experience with with boating. This is roughly the third time I've been on a boat. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Locke, are you making any pleas for help, or are you just sort of, like, in silence, being frustrated? Like, how you I'm kind of just, like, looking around, going... <laughs> I'm gonna run over and just, uh, like, take a deep breath and be like, okay, any old boy, we got this, and uh, I'm gonna start trying to, yeah, re-rig the sails to see cool. if we can catch more so, wind. So you start okay. sort of... And I'm gonna, I'm gonna climb up to the... Uh, the crow's nest. All right, cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> as the wind picks up, you, uh, Locke and Edmund, you guys are sort of like tugging at the rigging, seeing if you can get these sails to, to, to catch more wind than they currently are. And depending on the angle at which you're pulling them and the amount that you're furling them, they, they, they get taut and then they get slack until after a couple of minutes of fiddling, you notice that all the sails catch wind at a bit more of a, of a southeast angle than you were, uh, than you were going before. And the ship takes off at a faster speed than you've been traveling this entire time. Um, As you see this, though, Maeve, um, sorry, as you do this, Maeve, you're looking out at the ship on the horizon, which was just moving in a straight line, and even as you change course, it seems to continue moving in that direction. Um, And it has not yet compensated for uh, for your movement, as it were. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you guys uh, want to be doing at this point? Yeah, I, w- I would want to be clear. Like, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on that ship, and if it gets within like 
a thousand feet or so, um, I'm just gonna start loosing arrows in its general direction. Okay, um, I want to go below deck and see if I could find a hiding spot for most of the gold that's down there. Sure. So you head downstairs. That third chest uh, that had all the gold in it, with all like the sort of ash on it now, um, it is sitting in that chest, and there aren't really a lot of hiding places because of how shallow this place actually is. Um, mm-hmm. If you're really looking to secure this, the best you could probably do is find a way to like seal the chest or lock it up. I don't know what you have that could do that. I'm trying to think. I think the best I'd be able to do is like embed a hand axe in it, but that's probably not good enough. Well, I mean, you can do whatever you see fit. Let me know. Um, wait, you said there are cots, right? Yes. All right. I don't know how much time I'm going to have, but I would like to use the cots to wrap up the gold or is it like like a hammock style cot or is it a mattress no it's 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 like a shitty straw mattress sitting on like a couple wood planks jutting out from the wall all right so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna cut open the mattress i'm gonna put all the gold in the mattress and then i'm gonna flip it over all right so as you're doing this uh call we near the end of your your cat seance and um right as the well, I should ask this. As you're performing the ritual, are you, like, how aware are you of what's happening around you? I mean, I'm aware of it, but I'm not stopping the ritual. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, the ritual not, ends. Like, blacking out or anything and, like, going into a trance. Well, I didn't know, like, how attentive you were or if you were, like, filtering it out or if it didn't register or something. Um, not that it, you, like, lost your faculties. So, you are uh, wrapping up your spell as as all of your... As all of your magic power sort of coalesces and, and you and you pull into focus the origin of this little collar, um, you notice that the leather itself that makes up the collar is pretty mundane, and the jewels themselves, they, with your closer look, you notice they don't really have great clarity or purity, but they each do have um, origins within the center of the Badlands. These are jewel, jewels pulled from the islands that you know that lie at the center of that crazy, like almost like asteroid field, dense pile of islands um i don't know how much you know about the history of the badlands but you do know that that is where these couple like rubies sapphires emeralds cloudy though they are that's where they're from it's not magical well you uh well they are magical you said you are identifying where they were from no i i'm using the spell identify yeah identify the spell allows you to find like magical properties and stuff like oh gotcha 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 how to use and the spells affecting it Sure. Okay. Cool. So the uh, so as you uh, look at the at the gems, you come to recognize that they are from the islands at the center of the Badlands, and that each seems to be like possessing various magical properties from different schools of magic, like the sapphire, for example. Uh, you know, you notice possesses uh, crap. What are the names of the school? I'm thinking. I just got sidetracked. Conjuration, abjuration, transmutation, transmutation, invocation, evocation, evocation. Okay. Yeah. Because I the elder school ones all flooded my mind. Transmutation. Um, so I'd say that um, from, uh, I was going to say conjuration, what's the equivalent of destruction in D&D? Evocation. Evocation. Uh, the red like gives off uh, signs of evocation magic. Uh, the green conjuration, the blue abjuration. These are all things that are like sort of in, in, in faded quantities. That to, from what you can tell, these are not active right now, but these do have the potential to be used in this way. These are what are studying the collar. So I also learn how to use it. Sure. Um, I think so, that you understand, especially as a spellcaster yourself, if you were to like loose these from the collar and like hold them in your hands, you could uh, almost use these 
as a way to channel your magical powers, perhaps to access these schools of magic if you didn't have spells in them already. Um, it, it's something that I think any any spellcaster magic user would be able to pretty easily use these as conduits for power. So they're just spell focuses? Yep, that's it. <laughs> so you well, come out of this... Why would this cat have spell focuses around Cal, it? Cal takes the bag of cat and just tosses it over the... No! <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, I go up in the crow's nose for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at this point, Maeve, what you notice uh, is that the ship uh, sort of like disappears into the fog... Uh, directly to the north of you, um, and you sort of lose sight of it for a moment. Call at this point, you're aware of what's happening. You're aware that there's a large ship bearing it on your position as uh, your friends try to sort of navigate the ship out of danger and to solid land. What do you do? Oh, boy. What would he do? Um, while he's thinking, you said uh, Maeve, she saw the ship kind of disappear in the fog, right? Okay, so I'm going to cast uh, Taumaturgy and cause my voice to become three times as louder so that they can people can hear me and be like, guys, the boat's gone. Well, that's excellent news. That's good. <laughs> um, You're welcome. I guess I erase my sigils off the ground, kind of like disappointed. Yeah. Hoping that there was some greater <laughs> arcane mystery to this dumb cat. Um, but why is that on a then, cat? Yeah. But then I, I, I guess I, I take up the helm and I start to, like, try and, uh, I guess, navigate a little bit better. Cool. Now, so I unlock the pin that keeps it from moving and then I take over. <laughs> I disengage cruise control. Uh, so you, with the adjustments that, uh, that Edmund has been making to the sails as Locke uh, steps aside and continues to look at the map, uh, the four of you basically cooperate to move closer and closer to land. You're at the point where... Um, through the fog, you can see uh, you can see in the sunrise the shadow of a large island directly in front of you as you near one of the islands in that sort of outer ring. Um, Maeve, you're still in the crow's nest, right? Correct. I'm going to have you make a perception check. Okay. That is a nat 20. So with a nat 20, you're looking around sort of gleefully. You're super enjoying the wind uh, uh, sort of blowing past you as it ruffles your shirt and your hair. Uh, and you're sort of spinning around in all directions, and you see directly behind you in the fog, you now see the silhouette of that same ship having made a hard about and is now encroaching upon you from directly behind. Okay. Um... How much did he last for like a minute? So do you, should I? You can cast, can cast it. Again? Oh yeah, you can it's cast like it again. Absolutely, can't it's trip. a can, cantrip. It is a cantrip. Yeah, that's stupid. Uh, guys, it's right there, and I'm gonna point uh, back. Oh well, that's less good news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, you point back at the large ship. You all turn around and see this domineering ship. Your ship is about 50 feet long. This thing almost looks like it's 50 feet wide. Uh, and it towers far above the mass of your ship as the as the as the bow of it begins to break through the fog as it closes in on you. It's maybe maybe like a thousand feet behind you. What do you okay. do? Okay. At this point, I would like to start prepping my arrows. Um, is there any like uh, loose cloth or anything around that I can start wrapping around the arrowheads? Um, I not really. No. The only cloth that you'd have next to you is probably whatever's on your person. Okay, I take off my shirt, glistening pectorals, <laughs> uh, and I, I rip it in strides, and I start tying up the ends of the uh, the arrows. And when they get within six hundred feet, I'm gonna spark some of the arrowheads and start firing. Gotcha. Now that the ship is closer in view, do we notice any 
uh, like flags or yeah. Yeah, do, like do I symbols see anything with a, or I'd say yeah so yeah so especially with your with your excellent perception check you turn around and as it gets closer you do see these massive red sails but as you get a look at the rest of the ship as it sort of pokes out from the fog uh, Colt you would recognize this as an Atridian ship but what Maeve sees as well doesn't really match that because it's got sort of all this patchwork shit all over the sides of it. It's got these large, like, sort of metal uh, metal plates stacked along the banister. It's got, like, red paint slathered all over the side, and it's got, like, tears in some of the sails and, like, a bunch of Atridian flags, like, hanging off the side of the bow, like, like bunting in almost a sacrilegious way as they're all torn and sort of, like, flattering and flapping in the wind. Um, so this, like, giant disaster of the ship on the side... You see the name, uh, you see a giant name written in white that's hard to read, but painted over in red is the word liberty. Does that spark any memories or thoughts or... Well, actually, uh, you know, for this, I'm just going to have a roll resolve that. Uh, roll history. Only I don't remember anything. I got natural too. <laughs> Good gravy. All right, so you don't you don't really uh, you don't recognize the ship as it continues to bear down on you uh, as it gets very close. Uh, Edmund, you spark the flames on the tips of your arrows, and uh, do you, I'm guessing you start to fire. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I can fire it at a range of 600 at disadvantage. Cool. So with that, um, I'm going to say that as it gets close to you guys, uh, the ship. Uh, it, it sort of like eats the arrows. They, they plunge into the side, and a couple flames spark, especially around those flags, but some of the arrows are also bouncing off that metal plating as they skid off into the water. Um, so small fires are starting to burst out on the front of the ship. Yeah, um, specifically, I would probably start aiming for, like, sails and stuff, too. Anything to gotcha. slow them down. Sure, 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 sure. So you lose an arrow. For that, I'm going to have you make an attack roll. 17 and 16. Uh, plus... Hold on, I don't know my attack. Uh, it's plus six, twenty-two. Gotcha. Uh, so twenty-two, you lose uh, you lose a couple of arrows straight into the front sail, not the main sail, but the front sail of the ship, and it's got like five masts on it. Uh, and the flames start to spread up the sail as you start to hear people starting to like scream as they run up there trying to like cut it down and, and salvage it. Um, the ship's is still like overtaking you though a bit more slowly. Um, but the nose of the ship, like the what's the name the the masthead, the bow, is the prow. The, yeah, the prow, the masthead on the on the prow. All the different words for the front of the ship are now sort of parallel to your boats, and you hear screaming over the side of the boat. You hear, "Boy, what'd you do that for?" Uh, I loose another arrow. <laughs> you loose another arrow. Then you hear a blimey, and you hear like somebody like sort of like screaming and shrieking as they run around the deck of the ship. <clears throat> and then uh, amidst all those weird little cockney screams. Uh, a weird all those little cockney screams you do hear one voice say like Arr, if you guys slow down I'd like to be speaking with ya I lose another arrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna cast uh, can I do if I cast Talmaturgy again and do like the loud voice will, would they hear me yes yeah okay who are you will I be the captain of this great ship I've never seen this boat on the seas before. I just wanted to extend a friendly greeting, and you... Oh, well, you got some fire in you, if I might say. I lose another arrow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Colt nods approvingly at the amount of fire. Yes. Yes, more fire. <laughs> Let's burn it down. I'm just, like, hands white-knuckled on the I don't trust <laughs> anyone willing to live on a boat. And at this point, uh, then the ship says, "Is like, well, I was just coming to talk, but if you're going to be trying to set my ship on fire, I think it's time to take you out of the water. 
Not enough room, I say. Man, ready the cannons! Oh, Jesus. Uh, I am going to quickly, uh, I'm going to get as close to I can, as I can to everybody else, and I'm going to cast Bless on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, on three people, so on everybody else. Uh, and you guys can add a D4 to attack rolls and saving throws for the next minute. I'm still up in the... In the uh, crows. So, the crows so you're yeah. probably out of range. It's a 30-foot range. Okay, yeah, then it's fine. Okay. Okay. Cool. On every single attack roll? Every attack roll and every uh, uh, saving throw for the next minute. Yeah, it's a concentration thing. Cool. So at this point, um, he's still screaming at you. He says, ready the cannon. He's like, I don't want this to be tough. If you slow down, we can chat. Doesn't need to be any harm. But if you want to take me down, I promise you're going down first. I've never heard of a boat stopping another boat for a friendly conversation in the middle of dangerous waters. How far away is he from me? At this point, the boat is, like, right next to your boat, but the individual would probably be 100 feet away at this point, given how high and into the boat he is. You don't see the individual, by the way, screaming at you. You hear the voice, but you don't see it. Um, okay. I, I have a bit of an idea. What's your idea? Wait, um, if I'm up in the crow's nest, do I see him because I have a bit of a height advantage? Um, I would say that, uh, I'm just going to go off your roll from before. Uh, you see a guy sort of like standing. Um, he's sort of uh, the per- the voice is coming from someone hanging off one of the central masts. He's sort of like climbed up the rigging and he's like just dangling off it very adventurously uh, with one hand and sort of like screaming over the edge of the boat that way. Uh, you mm-hmm. also his voice wouldn't naturally be that like that. You'd probably assume he's also using some sort of magical enhancement to be heard. Right. I, I don't think Maeve would put that together, but okay. Okay, then, no, he's just, he's got a lot of projection skills. Well, little girl, I think you're pretty much in charge of this boat. Why don't you go ahead and take <laughs> it from here? Okay, um, I'm going to cast Enlarge Reduce on their boat and shrink it down. Can you do it on something that big? This is big. I don't think that works on something this big. You cause a creature or an object you can see within range to grow larger or smaller for the duration. I'm going to push back on this boat being a single object. This is a complex piece of machinery. Um, (laughs) You cannot shrink this entire man of war. That's not going to happen. You could cast it on part of the boat if you wanted. Yeah, you know, that's okay. I'm just going to... Do it on the hole. No, I'm going to cast a suggestion on the guy. Do it on the hole! She's... Come on. Whatever. I'll do it on the whole. Fuck it. Yeah, Locke is screaming, do the rock thing from below. (laughs) Cast it on the cannons. No. If you cast it on the hole, the whole ship will just collapse because it doesn't have enough buoyancy anymore. Oh, true. All right. Uh, Yeah, I'll cast it on the hole. Well, so here's the rationale I'm applying to this is you can't, I'm not treating the whole ship as a single thing. If you cast it on like a part of the hull, you're going to cast it on like a couple of the planks. You're not going to like collapse a giant chunk of the ship. It's going to be pretty small oh. if you do that. Alright, then fuck That's that. fucking then. stupid. Dude, the ship is huge. I can't just let you okay. do that. Um, I'll be like, <laughs> alright, hey mister, uh, can we just do you, uh, do you really have to shoot at us? We're friends. Oh, we are friends then, eh? We'll tell you what, if you drop anchor, so will I. Would you really attack a little girl? Um, I'm going to have you make an insight check. Oh, Okay. Uh, where is it? Insight, insight, insight. Okay. We have an extra D4 on that, I believe. Uh, it's not It's not an attack or a saving throw, so Woody. Oh, wait, I thought it was for ability checks, too. I thought it was for ability checks, Oh, okay, checks cool. Too. Then, yeah, add a D4 to it. Cool. Man, I mean, it could be wrong. Uh, 11, 13, uh, 
16. All right, cool. So with a 16, uh, you hear him shout back to you. He's like, no, I would never hurt a wee lass. And you believe him. You said, like, he says it in a pretty comforting way, even though I may not (laughs) convey it with my vocal performance. He sure does. Yeah, I would never hurt a little girl. (laughs) You hear knives sharpening in the background. (laughs) There's just a bunch of ears of little girls around his neck. So I'll call down to uh, to the. my crewmates and just be like, guys, I think we should stop. It does seem like we are outmatched. I'm like just about to lose another <laughs> arrow. I'll just read not Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's, it balls in your court, guys. Fine. We shall send an emissary up to speak with you, but if you try any funny business, I'll burn the whole boat down. <laughs> we'll need somebody of charisma intact. I volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and stop you right there, big boy. Well, I have a 19 charisma on the scale of, uh, you know, metagaming. I, I have a 20 <laughs> on the scale of metagaming. <laughs> Your driver's license of... says blue eyes, 19 charisma. Yep. I Why don't, don't we mean all to brag, go. but my charisma is a seven. So, um, <laughs> so at this Why point, don't uh, we not just send a little girl. <laughs> That's why I said all of us should so go. So Locke suggests yes. that you all go. Let's send a small girl to okay. negotiate on our uh, behalf. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down, and then I'm going to pick up the cat, too, and then I'll bring the cat with us. Okay. The cat is still in the bag. I have yet to take it out of the <laughs> bag. Oh, you bag. have to get, let the cat th- out of the bag? Oh, my yep. God. <laughs> Boo. Uh, now I was setting up the joke for cat out of the bag. Why is everybody got to be I, harsh? I want to take the cat out of the bag. Well, how about we just take the whole bag with us? <laughs> all right, so... So, Locke, Locke, at the suggestion that you all go, you t- uh, you reach out to the to the metal winch for the anchor, and you basically just like you unlock it and you spin it, and the anchor quickly drops, and the boat the boat uh, slows down. Uh, Edmund, you furl up the sails, uh, and Maeve, you you hold the um, you hold the cat in your arms as this giant ship, as this as the Liberty swings around you, and it or, it's so big, it takes a long time for the momentum to stop. It basically swings around until it moves from the uh, port side to the starboard side. It does a full 180 just to lose all its speed. And it stops next to you, and you go to board it, but the thing is so damn tall, like, it's like another 10, 15 feet above you, so there's, like, no way your plank is getting up there. You stand at the side of your ship, and you stare up to the banister of theirs. What do you do? Hey, mister... Can you come down here? Ah, uh, all right. I guess I, I didn't have a great idea of that. Ah, yeah. Just give me a second. That's a bit of a miscalculation on my part. Uh, and then you see two ropes come swinging down over the side of the ship, and two individuals come slinging <laughs> down. What is so funny about the way I said two individuals? The way, like, Discord lagged when you said shit. Yeah, it was like, shit. So it was like, shit. <laughs> Ships. So uh, he swings down the side of the ship. Two individuals uh, swing down. You see a vase, a large, surly man with, uh, of like, he's pretty dirty. He's got a big beard. He's got tattered clothes, but he's got these pointy ears and these gorgeous eyes. And behind him is a, is a tall, elven woman. And he jumps on the ship. He's like, I guess I didn't mean to give you a bit of a scare there. My name is Captain Shelwick Bottlebrew of the Liberty. And I welcome ye to the Badlands. 
Ahoy and Avast! It's me, Colin Ketchin. I am the headmaster of the Dicey Waters campaign, this first campaign of Dice Populi, and I'm the dungeon master of this episode, Above Board, Part 1. Now, Above Board is not really a story arc. There will not be an Above Board Part 2 next week. Uh, Above Boards are interludes. They are supposed to get us from one story to the next. And they give us a chance to stop and think about the campaign and the game and characters and stories and and explore the world and the characters in a sort of less structured way than a typical adventure. Um, they are also supposed to be the place where we do character leveling, which I forgot to do when running this episode. Uh, I promise that the next one will have... Uh, we'll have a lot more of that nitty-gritty, number-crunchy detail we know uh, Dungeons Dragon players love. Um, but this story is following up on Escape from Farpoint, the, the three-part story I ran at the beginning. And it is leading into the next adventure, which is written and dungeon-mastered by Ryan Mossbarger, the guy who plays Cult in this podcast. And that adventure is called It Came in the Night. It came in the night. Yeah, the guy who made a spooky character also made a spooky story. And trust me, there is a ton of spook to go around. So next week we will be starting It Came in the Night with the first episode of that arc. And after that we are going to the first and third Wednesday for our releases. So the first and third Wednesday of each month you can check out a new episode of Dice Populi right here in the feed. Um, as for, uh, and then after It Came in the Night, I will be running another Above Board to follow up on that adventure and keep us moving forward. So I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who has been talking about the show, sharing it, liking it, whatever. Uh, it's a huge help. And if you haven't already, if you like the show, five stars. Big help. Like a much bigger help than I think listeners may realize. Um, as our reviews, we, we like making the show. And if you want anything we want to be able to provide that. We we are making this because it's fun and we think people will enjoy it. So if you enjoy it, please tell us. Uh, we have a, a PDF of that Escape from Farpoint adventure that you can download and run. It's free. It's on DicePopuli.com along with uh, the podcast that you can listen to there and links to all the other places you can find us, uh, including Twitter and Instagram at DicePopuli. We're trying to post some fun stuff whenever we can. Behind the scenes, artwork, music, things like that. Uh, so all that stuff goes a long way to making sure that we can keep doing the show, that we have a reason, uh, that we have a reason to keep making it, and we are really excited to find to find more of you out there who enjoy the show. So I think that's going to about wrap it up. I am not a part of it came in the night really in any way. So aside from these breakaways, you're not going to hear my voice for quite some time. Maybe that excites you. I don't know. But there's about 20, 30 minutes left of this episode before we move on. I uh, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the adventures. Captain Quistleton von Muselkowalski La Bolton. <laughs> Is that how you laugh? <laughs> no, no. Sounds like you're stirring mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That was him just adding extra syllables okay. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
but he starts going, <laughs> oh, that, is, that is a ridiculous name. He's <laughs> like, well, I say that's one way to make a bit of a greeting. And he leans over, uh, puts his hands on his knees and leans over to Maeve. This little one here has much better manners. It is lovely to meet you, lassie. And then Hello. he reaches out to shake your hand. Um, All right, I have a cat in my hand, so it's like I no, I I'm not. I have a cat. I yeah, can't. I'm she gonna like I'm gonna stand between the weird stranger and the little girl, and just kind of like back her up a little bit. I think maybe you should keep your hands to yourself. The elven woman leans over and says, "Captain, I do not know if this is worth our time. Perhaps we should skip the pleasantries." I'll put one hand on my uh, my rapier. All right, all right. I guess I should give you guys a bit of a lowdown. These seas are open game. I'm guessing this is your first time here in the Badlands, the four of ye? Why would you assume that? I have lived here all my life. Ah, you've been sailing ships around these seas for how long then? It's a rather new occupation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen. My interests and studies were far more literate before this. Well, I didn't mean to scare you, but we aren't used to seeing new ships on these waters, and when they are, we need to make sure they aren't going to cause a bit of a ruckus. Now, you had a bit of a spicy introduction, but y'all aren't here to cause a ruckus now, are ye? No, we were defending ourselves. Mm. To be fair, big scary ship coming in on the horizon. To be fair. To be fair. You... You might want to consider a might bit of diplomacy before you start loosing fire on the seas, but perhaps that's just me. No harm done. Sail will be back up in a day. With all due respect, good sir, you might want to consider your size as a reason why we might have been a little off-put by your request to uh, meet. You ran no flag of parley. How are we to know your intention? Ugh. You say you've lived here for long, but if you think that flags are going to sort out diplomacy here in the Badlands, you are mistaken. You live here at the mercy of others, and luckily, I am a merciful captain. So, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? I've introduced myself. This is my compatriot, Dennis, son of Fennis. Now, with whom may I be? May I be acquainted? (laughs) Mave is allergic to cats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess I will introduce myself. As being Locke and stuff. Oh, yes, Mr. Locke. I haven't seen one of your kind around these parts in quite some time. Lovely to be making your acquaintance. What do you mean, your kind? Well, I come from a bit of an older generation. My apologies. So, if we if we could be, uh, be moving on with these discussions. Did you just commit a microaggression against <laughs> one of my friends? <laughs> oh, like launching fire ain't a bit of a macroaggression. We got bigger problems to solve here. Now listen, I wanted to extend a hand of friendship. You see, the Liberty be my ship. We are a floating fortress, one of the largest on these seas. Nobody has ever tried to take us down, and let me tell you, nobody's come close to succeeding. We go around looking for trade and for goods, and if you say that you want to be a peaceable folk, I think we can have a healthy working relationship should we bump into each other again. But I guess I just wanted to see for myself whether or not you belonged on top of the ocean or under it. And what have you decided? Well, I say your little friend here is quite adorable, and you are a man of great repute. Um, the nauseous fellow and the creepy man are sort of putting me on edge, but uh, 
Who am I to judge? My name is Sir Edmund Montgomery Blackwood, first hand of the Queen Mother of Talari and the Knight of the Golden Hardwood. You will watch your tone. It is <laughs> Captain Creepy Man to you. Captain Creepy Man. All right. Well said. Well met. All right. What do you call the name of this Maeve. little of uh, this little ship? Maeve, you sweet little darling. Maeve, what's the name of this? And he looks around and he like tries to not be a dick as he says this. This majestic ship upon which you are born. It's called the oh, Bell End. Is is, is it? <laughs> yeah, we did not put that to a vote. Yeah, uh, so 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 Captain Bottlebrew, like his eyes are darting between you as you're having this sort of discussion in front of him. <laughs> and Colt is just like <laughs> let's, let's just say we're uh, operating without a banner. Well, that'd be fine. Names come from good deeds, great deeds. I figure new people, you might as well get something done before you slap some old paint on the side of this lassie. But, um, so long as you agree that you're not here to stir up trouble, I think that, uh, we could lend you a bit of a hand now and again. Give you access to our wares, but, you know, we're here to make friends. Unless, of course, you're not. We're very good at not being friends, too. He says that with, like, an evil twitch of his eye. So, uh, is there, uh, if you guys are looking to, uh, if you guys are looking to sail these seas with any sort of, uh, any sort of a plum, or you want to make friends, I suppose, uh, I'll be your man. Let's just say you don't shoot fire at me next time, Captain, uh, Captain Creepy, what was it again? Captain Creepy Man. Captain, Captain Creepy Man. I'd, uh, well, to be fair, to be fair, it wasn't Captain Creepy Man who was shooting that fire. Yes, we we threw the gentleman who was firing those arrows overboard. You need not worry uh, about him. A roll of deception check. Yeah, there used to be five of us. Uh, let's see, deception ten plus. Ooh, wait, I can count. Four. Fourteen. <laughs> uh, and, that, and then he, uh, after saying that you threw him overboard, uh, Bottle Brew looks back to, to Dennis, and Dennis is just like, uh, he sort of shrugs, and he's like, all right, as long as the ne'er-do-wells are gone, let's just say I give you a look at my wares, and if I see you again on the seas, maybe you can bring a little bit of goods back to me in, in terms of returning the favor of me sparing your lives. Like what? Uh, well, um... The uh, Dennis then steps forward and looks at the two of you. He's like, we are constantly seeking to expand our collection of wondrous items. Should you find any magic items or things on this list, she hands Locke a scroll. We are willing to pay handsomely for anything upon this list that can be retrieved or required should you encounter us in the future. <laughs> Do you want a cat? <laughs> <laughs> no! This is ours. Uh, so, uh, uh, this is fluffy. Bottle Brew uh, sticks his hand out, and the cat sniffs. He's like, oh, I wouldn't be minded a cat. And then Dennis says, I'm allergic. And uh, and then Bottle Brew sort of, like, leans over and whispers to Dennis, and they sort of have, like, this hushed side conversation for a minute. As they're having a little cat chat, uh, do you guys, like, have anything you want to say amongst each other? We're not getting rid of the cat. No, you can keep the cat. <laughs> I guess, can we take a look at this? Scroll? I guess I'll just like start reading through the scroll and see sure. if there's anything. Uh, the scroll basically just says like bounties to be paid by the uh, by the captain of the, of the Liberty, and it's just like all scrawled stuff. And it's just like um, it it's it's uh, basically just got three sections on it. At the top, it says it'll give you 500 gold pieces for any like Atridian flags that you can capture from Atridian ships. 
uh, magic items can either be traded or sold for 1,500 gold pieces. And then there's something that says trophy collection. And on it is like a bunch of stuff. You see some things crossed out, uh, some things like... um, you see uh, crossed out like bear head, um, like bear, tiger, whale. But on there you see like giant white ectoplasm, like the white W-I-G-H-T, uh, like uh, raptor, werewolf, giant. And then like uh, uh, just like a lot of like small trinkets under there looking for smaller magic items that it may pay out for. It's just basically a laundry list of shit that you guys could come across. Uh, but those... What's the... Does it, does it give a dollar amount for giant? Uh, for giant head under severed creature heads, it says like a thousand. How long is the scroll? <laughs> uh, the scroll. I mean, it's all like it's not like in a bulleted list. It's all just kind of written out in like a tight paragraph of messy handwriting. And the ones that it has, like again, like bear and whale and stuff, those have been sort of like already crossed off. Well, I mean, I guess Bell can do us one last favor. I wish to keep the head. <laughs> <laughs> you wish to keep the head for a thousand gold. There are few material goods that I'd wish to keep, but his head interests me. Oh, oh, oh it God. Is, it is starting to, to turn the smell. <laughs> it's not helping with my nausea. Well, if if we can barter for some some pitch or tar, I can better preserve it for my plans later. What exactly are these plans? Oh, I want it to be a surprise. Oh, God. I don't like surprises. <laughs> uh, uh, can I skirt, like, the captain off to the side? Just be like, uh, do you by any chance have a jail on board there? <laughs> he says, oh, we have a whole deck full of uh, accommodations that can be turned into a brig. Why, you on a... Okay, good to know, good to oh, know. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, all right. Uh, by the way, I, I, uh... I shan't be asking for the cat as he like looks down at his feet and like Dennis Dennis <laughs> glares at him. You, I, uh, that was inappropriate of me to ask. That's not. I'm, I'm if, sorry. If we find another cat, we'll let you know. Babe sticks out her tongue and is like, technically, mm. I was the one who offered. And then, and then Captain Bottlebrew sticks his tongue out at Maeve again as well. And Dennis like slaps him on the back of the head. Uh, and then you hear from the crow's nest of the large ships is like, sir, a Tridian scout on the horizon to the south. It's like, oh, we, uh, uh, well, I say that's a wee bit of adventure calling for us. I say we have uh, maybe a couple minutes. Would you like to take a look at our wares, or should we just be looking forward to seeing you again on the high seas? I require incense and several bottles of pitch. Mm, Yes, I think that we might have something along those lines. What, building materials, balls, that sort. Uh, Dennis, about how much we'd be looking at? And Dennis, like, cuts him off and just says, 300 gold would satisfy the order for which you're requesting. For several bottles of pitch and a few sticks of incense? uh, Well, you must understand. uh, uh, Spare pitch, we use that to, uh... To repair our ship as well. We're going to have to use it to patch up some of your handiwork. Not going to be the cheapest thing. You can pick up some weapons or armor. You're looking at fair prices, but shipbuilding materials, I'd say that'd be a might bit more. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, very interested okay. in some Pass. weapons and armor. And then, um, So is there anything that you would like to buy? Basically, I'm going to put up, uh, if you guys want to buy like well, I mean, anything from just the player's handbook, like standard weaponry, like you uh, can do that. Look, I will need a uh, a new blouse here, and uh, if you have any other loose cloth, and uh, also, and I'm gonna in like a hushed tone, anything mm-hmm. that might help with nausea would be very appreciated. 
Well, I guess I might also be telling you we have the, um... Uh, we, we do have a, a handful of magical items. We have a... What's sold to me to be called a potion of heroism. It be, might be expensive, but perhaps that should give you the, the pep in your step ye be looking for. Uh, will it make me not vomit for the rest of this boat trip? Uh, looks over at Dennis. Dennis shrugs, and then he goes, Yes? Can I roll insight? Yes. Okay. Did we establish that I don't have my halberd and I need to acquire it? Yes. Uh, okay, 15. then I would like to buy a halberd. 15. Uh, yes, he's absolutely just like, he has no idea what this is going to do to you. He just knows that it's magical and expensive. Think um, I'll pass. Do you have any cat food? Um, well, I'd be having uh, I'd be having uh, just crates of regular food, bread and mush and oatmeal and what sort, if you're looking for some of that. Sorry, mush? Uh, it's, you know, the bread that maybe got a little wet and we decided not to throw it out. Okay. It's a bit of a delicacy here on the seas. So, uh, let's see how much a halberd is. So, Locke, you're the only one that knows that there's a thousand gold below deck. How does that mm-hmm. affect these proceedings? Uh, it depends on how much the stuff is going to cost. Um, well, I mean, a halberd is listed as 20 gold pieces. I have 20 gold pieces on my, my person. Okay, so, so. Oh, so you probably don't even need to dip into that at that point. Yeah, like if I was about to buy some plate armor, then yeah. yes, I okay. would probably have to fucking... Sure, sure, sure. So I'd say that uh, you you request uh, to buy a halberd as well. You produce that you have the money. Uh, before Dennis calls up to the ship, Dennis says, Are there any other wares you would like to purchase before we depart? Well, considering yeah, a so- bottle of tar is 300 gold, probably not. Well, okay, I guess may- I, I had like the idea that these were pretty big. What do you mean, how big a bottle of tar? I mean, like... I don't know. I just wanted to coat it a giant. I just wanted to coat a giant's head in tar. I don't know how much it would be. I was okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I was thinking like ship, (laughs) like ship repair quantities, like vats or barrels or something. If you're just asking for like literally like a wine bottle scooped with tar in it, like is that about the quantity you're looking for? I don't know. I don't. uh, I don't. (laughs) I don't know how much tar I would need to coat a giant's head. (laughs) I'm gonna say that Captain Bottomer probably also doesn't know. You'll have to let him know how much. Well, I'm saying. I wouldn't know, but Cult would probably have a pretty good idea. Okay, so I, okay, okay, okay. So if you wanted to buy, if you just say, like, if you specify the portion and Cult, like, literally just says, like, a wine bottle of tar or a, like, a, a, what's the fucking word? A tankard of tar, like, something of that size. A hogshead. Uh, uh, yes, a hogshead of tar. If you say that, then they'd probably charge you like 50 gold pieces for that. I'm sorry. I, th- I was thinking like a barrel or something. 50 still crazy. Uh, I always buy some incense, though. Okay, I would also like to buy a mall. Uh, I'm going to say that they don't have any uh, incense in their inventory. They're not a very fine-smelling folk. What are you looking to get, Locke? Uh, a mall as well. A mall. Sure, that'll be another 10. Yep. Cool. Right. Yeah, I would like a, a shirt. Uh, actually, a couple shirts, I guess, would be nice. Maybe like just some replacement <laughs> clothes in general. Sure, I'll um, say I'll say for like ten gold pieces, you can get like a couple like ordinary shirts. If you're looking for something finer, it'll be more expensive. And another five gold worth of rations. Sure. Uh, so for five gold, uh, you probably get like what a couple uh, a couple loaves of bread at this point. I'll just say probably like a box full of bread and things like that. Um, uh, five gold is like a substantial amount of money for food in the game. I think a ration is like a like a copper piece or something like oh, that. Oh fuck! All right, I was thinking silver pieces. My five big. gold. I want to say like living expenses for a peasant for a year is like a couple gold. Is like one gold like piece that. a day. No, that's for fine living. Like a noble would live off of one gold a day, maybe. I just went through that earlier. I think that's a little bit generous. 
Wealthy is four gold per yeah, day. Yeah, okay. Modest is one gold okay, per yeah, day. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For lifestyle expenses, I don't know about necessarily like yeah. just food. So I'm looking at food. One right day of rations is five silver pieces, so that's about ten days worth of rations. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like a modest meal per day is three silver pieces. Well, that's ten pieces. days worth of rations for... Uh, you're saying five gold pieces is going to be ten days worth of rations? Yeah, according like if you go by book, I, I yeah. don't know if there's you know. So well, that's premium. ten days divided by like three and a half people. So I mean, if that's, I, I'll totally grant that to you. Well, that's just what I would have left. So I'm just spending. I only have fifteen gold. So okay, I'm spending cool. it all on shirts and food. Shirts and food. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So you grab a couple fine shirts and uh, basically a large crate of rations. Uh, uh, is there anything, uh, Maver Cult, that you guys would like on top of yeah, the pitch? I'm not getting sure. the pitch. It's still kind of too expensive. So I'll just, I, I, I don't know that there's other money. Yeah. So I. Yeah, Maver wouldn't would know that either. So she'd be like, Nah, that's right. okay. It's like, uh, so. Um, Dennis then just grabs the rope uh, that they descended down and is uh, like sort of like pulled back up on top of the ship and within nice two to mi- meet you Denise <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, two crates are then like sort of like thrown over the edge of the ship like caught by ropes and then lowered down the crates contain all the supplies that you guys have paid for uh, you hand the gold to the captain and he says well I must be on my way you hold on to that list if you think you find anything of the like you bring it my way. You say I'm a friend, and uh, I think people people will know to steer clear of you. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your, your hospitality. Now, that food ain't going to last you more than a couple of days. You might want to try to find some more, and i got to say with my crew, I don't have a lot to spare. What are you going to do to survive? Uh, well, there's land just over there. I think we will be just fine. Yeah. yeah. He sort of, like, looks onto the horizon. He, like, kind of, like, chuckles a little bit. He's like, eh, suit yourself. And then he uh, grabs the, he grabs the... Well, hold the phone. I guess I'd like to ask him where the best place to go to port would be. Friend, the best place to go to port is a place where you know the people running the port. Can you say that about anywhere around here? Nope. Then, best he can do is say that you're a friend of old Cat and Bottle Brew. Beyond that, these waters ain't friendly. Would you say that they're dicey? <laughs> these waters are quite dicey. Now, I'd say, uh... Probably the island's straight on the clear on the other side of the Badlands where the Empire didn't have its dirty fingers. It's a long journey to get over there, so you're gonna need something in the meantime. That's the best advice I can give you. And I hope I'll be seeing you again soon. And he uh, he tugs on his rope and he is also yanked back up onto the Liberty. And as the Liberty peels away, um, you hear shouted at you again, Maeve, in the same voice you heard before. It's like be sure to fly this. This will let people know who you're with. And then uh, basically attached to an arrow comes like a giant like red fabric streamer that looks about the length of a flag, almost as if it was torn off of a red flag. And the Liberty peels off and begins to give chase to the ship at notice to the south. Well, we didn't agree to free advertising. <laughs> What do you guys do? I guess I think we should head to land. I, I think we should head to land as well. Care. I'm gonna I at this point, like I'm hands off with the stuff that like I'm not acting against you guys. You guys are just making a decision. If you want to roll something, roll something, but uh what you do next and how you do it, that's up to you. You can uh discuss amongst yourselves. Alright. Um I guess I'll start doing 
sail stuff. Yeah, so you begin to pull up the anchor <laughs> as uh, Edmund, you unfurl the sails. Cults, um, you were at the wheel before. Is it safe to assume you do that, or is there another way you want to conduct yourself? Uh, yeah, I'd probably be back at the the wheel. Cool. Maybe. I guess I'll go back up in the crow's sure. nest. Sure. I'd say that you uh, you have the cat on your shoulders. You're climbing up there, so the little kitty cat is sitting there on on top of there with you as you make your way make your way toward the um, as you make your way toward the giant uh, toward the set of islands on the outer ring directly ahead of you, south by southeast. I guess with that. I don't know if there's any other interaction you guys want to have amongst each other, things you want to do on the ship. I guess I'll gather everyone around and be like, so, the ways I seize it is we've got two options. One, we head to land. We find a tavern. We chill out, sleep, get a good night's rest, and then go off on our adventures. Two, we drop anchor somewhere, real inconspicuous-like, you know? And then we sleep on the boat. However, I have something to show you that may influence your decision. And I'm going to usher everybody down below deck. Okay. Unless you've got dry land um, down there, I don't think it'll influence my decision. <laughs> I think you're going to like what you sees here, bud. <laughs> Are you the guy from that diamond commercial or whatever? You're going to like what you see. No, that's the oh. hair or whatever. <laughs> You're going to like the no, way you look. That's a men's, men's warehouse. Okay. I thought it was a diamond or some but shit. I guarantee no free you're going to like the way you look. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go down. I'm going to rip open. Not rip open, but like. Just fucking shred open. a whole bed open. <laughs> pull open the, the cot and then reach in, dig around, and pull out a fistful of gold. Oh. I could have tarred Bell's head several times over (laughs) with this money. Shiny. Why did you keep this from us? Because this money is better used for other purposes besides tar. I bought food. Yeah, we could have bought more supplies. We could have gotten off the boat. Holy fucking shit, everybody. (laughs) Did you not listen when he said he needed to keep a lot of the food for his crew? We need to go somewhere on land get better prices at this fucking highway robbery shit. We got a lot of gold, but I don't want to go squandering it. That's how you become poor. All right? We got to protect this cop. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, okay. So where do you propose that we dock? I propose that we go eventually to the area that Captain Butterbiscuit <laughs> said that we should go. I believe his name was Murferter Quandry. I believe his name doesn't actually fucking it matter. It was Soggy Biscuit, let's be polite. The DM cries. Some some juju arcane bullshit out of a third grader's handbook. Point is, we need to find a place relatively quickly to then stock up. Alright? I think if we pick one of the larger islands, we'd have a higher chance of success. But I don't know this area very well. I look at this map, and it's all mumbo-jumbo. I know of a place. The rule of law is strong there, but... uh, Uh, In terms of good law, or your kind of law? As best of law there is here. Right, but that's subjective. (laughs) Based on me and you. Let's say they would not appreciate my face, but all right, I have ways of di- disguising myself. I'm totally cool with this. It sounds like a plot hook. I'm in. All right. So, uh, so Cult, you uh, you lay down the map on the table on the uh, here below decks on your ship, 
and as the light of the sun comes down from the grate onto the table, all the islands are illuminated, and you bring your finger down on an island slightly to the north, right on the top of this ring, and you point this out as the location that you would like to go. Does everyone on the ship agree? I agree. There's a better plan than none. I agree. (laughs) As Sir Edmund would say. That was deeply racist. It is the Isle of Stone. The Isle of Stone is home to Stoneholm. This actually wraps up this above-board interlude here, uh, and the next adventure is going to be run by Ryan. So, Ryan, as you begin the next adventure, I'm going to let you, once you close out this episode, give us a taste of what's coming up. All right, so I'm going to assume that you guys, like, through through the course of travel, probably going to take a little while to get there. Um, yeah, a few day or so, a few days, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're all kind of doing separate watches. You're staying alert. Um, as you make your approach, you watch the sun dip into the horizon. A stark, singular peak becomes visible. Tall and narrow, looking more obelisk than mountain, Cult pipes up. Stone home on the horizon. In the failing light, as you make your slow approach, you see no lights, no movement, no signs of life. The boat continues at its meager pace. A few more hours, you are still quite far from shore, but a sickly sweet aroma is on the wind, and a sound begins to rise over the lilt of the sea, an unmistakable sound of the buzzing of flies, a great many flies. As your watch nears its end and the sun rises, you see Stoneholm in its full form, much closer than before. It's a sprawling village abuzz with great amount of movement. You see people running from place to place, hurried uh, shopkeepers throwing things at other people. They all seem to stop almost in unison and stare out towards the boat. A voice shouts out, A ship! 